Welcome to the Be Make Multiply Send podcast. My name is Matthew Perry, lead pastor of Arapahoe Road Baptist Church in Centennial, Colorado. This is a recording of our 3D Wednesday, where we looked at chapter 31 of the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith, dealing with of the state of man after death and of the resurrection of the dead. I'm so glad you joined us. All right. Good evening. Glad you're able to be with us today. Um, my name is Matthew Perry, in case you happen to be watching a little bit later. Um, I'm the lead pastor at Arapahoe Road Baptist Church, and every Wednesday night we gather together, especially now that some of the restrictions have been lifted, we're gathering together for a time of, of Bible study and prayer. And um, with the sounds of about 10, 15 minutes ago, with the sounds of the storm that was coming through here, we just thought it best that we usually have about five or six that come out, but we just thought that it was best for um, just having everybody to be able to stay home. And we would just go over what we are going to go over tonight at our Bible study. So um, we're going to be jumping all over the place as far as being in the scriptures. Normally, I like to go piece by piece and bit by bit as the scriptures are laid out. And one of the reasons I really like to do that is because... Um, well, that's how the Holy Spirit chose to lay out the scriptures. But there are times when we have to look at things systematically, meaning that we have to systematize some of the doctrines that are found in scripture in order for us to be able to move forward well in understanding the totality of a particular topic. And in this case, as morbid as it may sound, um, what we're going to be looking at is um, something that's called of the state of man after death and of the resurrection of the dead. Um, a little backstory here. This um, will be from the uh, 1689 uh, Baptist Confession of Faith. And for those of us who are Baptists who have inherited the 2000 uh, Baptist Faith and Message and then back to 1963, 1925, on and on and on, um, this, is, um, this is a really robust uh, statement of faith. And it's really been of great benefit to me as I've been going through this. And so one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this, we're kind of in between books and in between studies right now. One of the reasons I wanted to talk about it was um, for various reasons, people had been asking me about what happens when people die, what happens to believers, unbelievers uh, when, when they die. And the Bible has much to say on this so that we are well informed as to what is happening. And the Bible also gives us much permission to grief. I think sometimes we think that when death comes along, that we should be so much into the faith and so much into Christ that since death has no hold of, on us anymore and, and death will not win for us ultimately in the end, well, then why grieve? Well, the fact is, is that when Jesus was at the... Um, at the tomb of Lazarus, if you read that in John chapter 11, Jesus wept because he saw the pull and the brokenness of sin and how much it had taken hold in the world that he had, he had created. But he gives us hope even in the midst of this broken world. He gives us hope and gives us an understanding of what the world will be like and what this is going, what is going to happen when it comes to death. So, um, in, in the Baptist in this Baptist Confession of Faith, what we um, call the 1689, um, we went over part of this. I want to read to you the first one, but there's three paragraphs, and we're going to cover the um, paragraph two and three tonight. But here's the paragraph one that we talked about last week. The bodies of men after death return to dust, 
and see corruption, but their souls, which neither die nor sleep, having an immortal subsistence, immediately return to God who gave them. The souls of the righteous, being then made perfect in holiness, are received into paradise, where they are with Christ, and behold the face of God in light and glory, waiting for the full redemption of their bodies. And the souls of the wicked are cast into hell, where they remain in torment and utter darkness, reserved to the judgment of the great day, besides these two places. For souls separated from their bodies, the scripture acknowledgeth not. Okay, so we were made from dust. Just a review. We were made from dust to dust. We shall return. But our souls will be with the Lord in heaven in full holiness, no longer having to deal with the penalty of sin or the presence of sin or the power of sin any longer. This is something that we can, uh, we can rejoice in. But those that have refused Christ and are not part of his people, they are the ones who have been um, separated from him for all of eternity and are ultimately cast into hell. And so that's why it's so important for us to recognize and to do what um, it's talked about in, uh, in, in 2 Peter, talking about making our calling and election sure. Let's make sure that we are, we are ready and that our hope is ultimately in Christ and in none other. So what we're going to look at right now, let me read um, section 2 of this, and hopefully it can be of help to us. So let's take a look. Section 2, at the last day, such of the saints are, as are found alive shall not sleep, but be changed. And all the dead shall be raised up with the selfsame bodies, and none other, although with different qualities, which shall be united again to their souls forever. So the Bible gives us some, um, some serious details about what goes on with the death of the saints, that is, the death of those who are followers of Jesus Christ. So the first thing that's mentioned is that on that last day is that um, the, these, these souls of the saints will not sleep, but they shall be changed. In um, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verses 51 and 52, 1 Corinthians 15 is the resurrection chapter. It's the most important chapter in all of Scripture in outlining not only the, the importance, but the result, the ripple effect of the resurrection. Be worth reading over tonight before you go to bed. But here's one that said, and with it's, here's what it says here in verses 51 and 52. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall all be changed. You see what's happening here? And this is, this is in the wake of and in the vapor trail of what's been read earlier about what is sown. Um, basically, what is sown perishable will be reaped imperishable, which we'll get to in a moment. But this is the hope that we have, that we're not going to just sleep. Um, as some may say, but we will be changed and it'll happen in an absolute instance. And the dead will be raised to eternal life. As we continue on and looking at this, 1 Thessalonians 4, 17, which honestly, it'd be, it'd be worth reading verses 13 to 18, but in, in particular, it says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 17, Then we who are alive, we as Christians who are alive after this um, catching up of 
those who are who are dead in Christ, then we who are alive who are left will be caught up together with them, that is the ones who were dead in Christ, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so we will always be with the Lord. So this is the hope that we have after this life is over, is that those of us who are followers and disciples of Jesus Christ will have this hope of being with the Lord and seeing this change absolutely take place. Okay, but th so there's more to it. Then it talks about that we will be all raised... Uh, with the self-same bodies and none others. In other words, we're not going to be, th th there's a body that belongs to us. It'll have different qualities, which we'll get into in a second, but but the, the body will remain. And, and that's where we see in Job chapter 19, verses 26 and 27. Yet after my skin has thus has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold and not another. My heart faints within me. So, again, going back to this, and all the dead shall be raised up with the selfsame bodies and none other. Job is telling us this. He goes on to talk about that, although with different qualities, we shall be united again to their souls forever. Bodies and souls, different qualities. Well, what's the different qualities? Well, no longer will those bodies be able to die. These bodies will live forever. And so that's where we come back to this it, with with a recognition of what is actually uh, what is actually being said. So let me pull this one out now. In First Corinthians fifteen verses forty two to forty three, we're now seeing what this where this truth came from and where this statement of faith, um, well, understood where this truth was coming from. So verses forty two and forty three. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown perishable, what is raised, what is sown is perishable, what is raised is imperishable. What is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is it is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. You can go to verse 44. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there's a natural body, there's also a spiritual body. So this is what's happening is that we're going to have different qualities where our bodies and souls will be united again, but our bodies will have a, a different quality about them to where those bodies will not be touched by and tinged by sin and will not be able to die. So this is paragraph two of this, of the, of the state of man after death and of the resurrection of the dead. This is a paragraph two of this particular chapter. Now let's talk about paragraph three. Let me read it to you. The bodies of the unjust, by the power of Christ, be raised to dishonor. The bodies of the just, by his Spirit, unto honor. And be made conformable to his own glorious body. Well, all right. Let's see where we're heading here. Let's see what's, what's being talked about here. So, here, here's, uh, here's some of the passages that are talked about here. Acts 24. In Acts 24, in verse uh, 15, I don't know. I just like taking time when I can to open it up and go right to the Word rather than anyone thinking that I may be making this up or printing off something differently. But this is where it's, it's going in mid-sentence. So let me go back to verse 14. But this I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, I worship the God of our fathers, believing everything laid down by the law and written by the prophets. And here we are in verse 15. Having a hope in God, which these men themselves accept, 
that there will be a resurrection of both the just, and that's, that means the ones that God has rescued and has made right before him by, by his righteousness and not by their own, but also the unjust, those who are not have not been made right because of their rejection of him. And so, again, we, we, we dig into the fact about what is being sown in honor is raised in sown in dishonor is raised in honor for the believer, but that's not the case for the unbeliever. In John chapter five, verses twenty-eight and twenty-nine, Jesus is telling the Pharisees in one of his legendary um, confrontations with him. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. That's important for us to realize is that there there is an accounting that's going to take place. And whenever Jesus is talking about various um, camps, I guess, that people are in, it's always two. Either you're with me or you're not. Either you've you believe in me or you don't. Either you receive me or you haven't. And this is what Jesus is talking about, is that those who, re who, who reject a good God and the good work and the good news that his good son did will, will not receive goodness from him in that day to come. Well, let's keep going. Philippians. Philippians chapter 3 in verse 21. Philippians 3. In verse 21, again, go back to verse 20 because it's mid-sentence. But our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. What in the world are we talking about now? Well, again, that's the same thing. That as citizens of heaven, there is a transformation that we are awaiting. Now, we may not realize that we may be so comfortable here that we're not thinking about then. But there is a transformation that will come. Our lowly body. Why is it lowly? Because we're out of shape. Because we're overweight. Because, you know, we're not, we don't have the physique. No, our lowly body is lowly because it is of the flesh. It's of the nature. It's tinged by sin from, from head to toe. And, and we're broken. And so we're in need of rescue. We're in need of a Savior. And Christ has accomplished that on our behalf. So this is the study that we go through. Um, these are the types of studies that we go through. And it's just a reminder that this life is not all that there is. There is, how shall we put it? There is a brevity to life. Anytime as a pastor that I'm sitting at the bedside or in a hospital with someone and I know that their days are numbered. Not too long ago, I was at the hospital where someone's spouse, um, they thought that they were going to be getting better and ended up not and they, they, they died. The, the, the spouse died. It was such a shock. This is a reality that's coming because our world has been has been cursed by sin and the wages of that sin is death all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our lord while our bodies this our bodies as they are will waste away we will have a new body 
that's that's ours that will be raised and we will be with him and that's the hope that we have but make sure it's the belief that's necessary i'll, I'll close with this there are three types of, of belief that are mentioned in the bible and in the latin terms they're called notitia ascensus and fiducia notitia ascensus and fiducia it's believing that God, you know, exists. Notitia is believing that he is true and right. That's a census. That means that there has been a mental ascent to where you're like, yes, I believe that's true. And then there's fiducia. Fiducia is fidelity. It is a commitment. It's, it's where you are all in. And the Bible tells us very, very clearly that it's those who are committed to him that have denied themselves and taken up their cross and followed him. They are the ones who have true biblical belief in the true biblical Jesus. If you just believe that he's true, but you've not committed your life to him and your life is not bearing fruit and there's not a desire to know him more, to know him better, to know him with all that you have and for all of your life to be centered around him. That is, if that's not the case, then that is not biblical belief, even as we may be commended by our belief by others. Now, we have to make sure that, that as, as followers of Jesus Christ, that we are living in that hope that transfers beyond this life into the life to come. And I love what R.C. Sproul said. Right now counts forever. What you do with your dash that's there between your birth date and your death date. What you do between that dash is so very, very important. Let's make sure that we are preparing for eternity right now. We don't know when Christ is coming back. We don't know when our lives will end. But we do know that he is alive. We do know that he, he took our sins on him in, his, in, in, in our place. He took his, our sin. He took our brokenness. And may we... Turn to him through the cross where our sins were paid for and through the, the empty tomb where he defeated death. Let's make sure that we are prepared for death by trusting in the one who defeated death, Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I implore you, please, if you haven't trusted in Christ, turn and trust in him. If you are a follower of Jesus but you feel your faith waning, read 1 Corinthians 15. See what he did on your behalf. All right. Well, this concludes our study. Uh, for those of you that may not have had a chance to watch this, I'll be sure and download it and put it up on our YouTube page. YouTube page, and then you'll be able to uh, to watch it later. But hopefully, this will be of some help to you. All right. Looks like the storm wasn't as bad as we thought, but I'd rather be careful than care less. All right. God bless you all, and Lord willing, we'll be able to see you this coming Sunday, ten thirty-one Mountain Time. We'll be able to see you Sunday and as we can worship together. God bless you. Bye-bye.